Recently, I conducted some informal polling among some pretty devout Catholics on the most popular Marian prayers, basically trying to determine which prayers come to mind when one thinks of a prayer to Mary. I'll provide poll responses at the end of this episode, but the top five responses were the Hail Mary, the Hail Holy Queen, the Memorare, the Angelus, and the Rosary. One prayer that did not make the top five is a prayer called the Subtuum. I even went online and looked up lists of Marian prayers. After browsing such lists on EWTN's website and perhaps a dozen others, only one of them even listed the Subtuum and way down at the bottom. In this episode of Catholic History Trek, I'll cover the historical significance of this often neglected Marian prayer. God bless America. God love you. I want these to be my first words of greeting to you. They will be the concluding words on each broadcast. I am not the Catholic candidate for president. I am the Democratic Party's candidate for president. Annuncio Opis, Gaudium You've embarked on a Catholic history trek. In 1917, the John Rylands Research Institute and Library at the University of Manchester acquired a large panel of papyri. Among these was an Egyptian papyrus, written in Greek, which contains the text of a prayer called the Subtuum. Translated into English, the prayer is, We fly to thy patronage, O Holy Mother of God. Despise not our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. The Subtuum is an ancient prayer and the oldest one known to be dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Since the prayer contains the line, Mother of God, it was initially assumed to be no older than the 4th or 5th century, when that phrase was known to be in use. But further analysis of the papyrus dated it back to the 3rd century, between the years 250 and 280. This discovery is significant for several reasons. First, the Subtuum describes Mary as the Blessed Virgin. Many Protestants adhere to the belief that Mary was only a virgin up to the time of Jesus' birth, but afterwards had physical relations with St. Joseph and even additional children. Conversely, Catholics have long held the position that Mary was ever virgin, that she maintained a vow of perpetual virginity through her entire life, not just until she bore her son Jesus Christ. This prayer seems to show that the early church, again, sided with the Catholic Church. It would make no sense for them to refer to her as the Blessed Virgin more than two centuries after the birth of Jesus if they believed she ceased being a virgin at that time. It would be as silly as me referring to my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother as the Virgin Margaretha more than two centuries after she ceased being one. This prayer, which predates the canonization of the Bible by over a century, seems to show the early church believed in the perpetual virginity of Mary. The second reason this prayer is historically significant is because of what was happening in the Roman Empire when the prayer was recorded on the papyrus. The dating of the papyrus to the mid-3rd century aligns with the first empire-wide persecution of the church, a persecution enacted by the Roman Emperor Decius in the year 250. While sporadic and local persecutions had taken place under emperors like Nero, Domitian, Trajan, Hadrian, Marcus Aurelius, 
Septimus Severus, and Maximinus, it was Decius who made the persecution of Christians an official imperial matter. In the year 250, Decius issued an edict requiring all Roman citizens to sacrifice to the pagan gods annually. The punishment for refusing to comply was being arrested and often killed. With the borders of the empire being assailed by barbarian invasion, especially Goths from the north, it's been argued that Decius was not directly seeking to single out Christianity with his edict, as much as he was seeking to unify the empire, restoring the old ways and traditions of Roman life, such as offering sacrifice to Rome's old gods, was likely the aim of this former senator and consul. Unfortunately for the Christians, they were forced to make a deadly decision. In exchange for worshipping the false gods, one would receive a libellus. A libellus was essentially a signed certificate proving one was a compliant subject of the empire, and the members of the church were split on how to respond to the government-endorsed persecution. Some Catholics stayed faithful and were either martyred for the faith or successfully fled to provinces and territories more tolerant of the Christians escaping the imperial mandate. But other Catholics were not so brave. They complied with the government mandate, and even if they still believed in Jesus, they obediently offered worship to the false gods of the state. These Christians who obeyed the government mandate were labeled lapsi, where we get the word lapsed. The persecutions under Decius did not last long, as he died in 251 at the Battle of Abrotus, only a year after the edict was issued, upon which the church was faced with a dilemma with many of these lapsi then deciding they wanted to re-enter the church. After seeing so many of her sons and daughters martyred for persevering in the true faith, the church had to determine how to handle the influx of apostates. Ultimately, the lapsi were readmitted, but that decision, which spawned the anti-pope novation, is the story for another episode of Catholic History Trek. Less than a decade after Decius, the Emperor Valerian ordered another persecution. This one was also widespread, but directly targeted the church. The emperor ordered bishops and other clerical leaders of the church to be put to death. He also ordered the cancellation of Christians, especially among the Roman nobility, who were stripped of their positions, titles, and property. With this papyrus dating between 250 and 280, and the line from the subtuum requesting, deliver us from all dangers, it would seem the early Christians were directly appealing to Mary's intercession for protection from the dangers posed by these empire-wide persecutions. The earliest Christians not only considered Mary to be a perpetual virgin, but also appealed to her heavenly intercession. In the year 431, the church convened an ecumenical council in Ephesus. It was the church's third such ecumenical council, following Constantinople in 381 and Nicaea in 325. The purpose of the council was to refute the heretical doctrines of Nestorius, the bishop of Constantinople. Nestorius rejected the union of the human and divine natures into the one person of Jesus, what is called the hypostatic union. Instead, Nestorius essentially divided Jesus into two persons, one human person and one divine person. In doing so, Nestorius concluded that only the human nature of Jesus died on the cross. He also claimed that Mary was only the mother of a nature, Christ's human nature, but she was not the mother of God. Cyril, the patriarch of Alexandria, who had brought the Pope's attention to the new heresy, headed this council at Ephesus, which was attended by about 80 bishops, 
including papal legates sent by Pope Celestine I. After an affirmation of the Nicene Creed, the council reviewed correspondence between Cyril and Nestorius. Cyril's letters were declared to be in agreement with the faith taught by the council fathers at Nicaea, while the writings of Nestorius were condemned. In the second letter of Cyril to Nestorius, Cyril wrote that if one were to reject the hypostatic union, they would fall into the error of splitting Jesus Christ into two sons of God. Cyril continued that as part of the true faith professed everywhere, the fathers dared to call the Holy Virgin the Mother of God. He pointed out that she was called so not because she was the origin of his divinity, but because born from her was the hypostatic union of the word and flesh. Because of this affirmation of Mary as the mother of God, it had generally been assumed that this title had originated with the council in 431. And this is the third and perhaps most important reason why the subtuum is historically significant. Included in the Greek text of the subtuum is the word theotokos. This word translates to Latin as dei genetrix and into English as God-bearer, or more accurately, as the mother of God. The other ancient texts of the Subtuum in Armenian, Coptic, and Syriac all include the invocation of Mary, which is translated as the mother of God. The title of the Blessed Virgin Mary as the mother of God was not introduced at the time of the Council of Ephesus, as some had previously assumed, but this title was being used by Christians at least two centuries earlier. From the Subtuum, we learn the earliest Christians believed that Mary was a perpetual virgin, was seen as our advocate for protection, and was appropriately called the Mother of God. At the beginning of this episode, I mentioned an informal poll I conducted, which sought to determine the most popular Marian prayers. If you're curious, here are the results. The top nine responses were the Hail Mary with 93%, the Hail Holy Queen, or Salve Regina with 79%, the Memorare with 71%, the Angelus with 50%, the Rosary 43%, the Miraculous Metal Prayer, the one that goes, O Mary, conceive without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee with 36%, the Subtuum, the topic of this episode, was at 29%, and both the Magnificat and Regina Chaley were at 21%. After that, various prayers fell into the single-digit range, one prayer that did not get mentioned by any of the respondents was the Litany of Loretto, which surprised me a little, especially since Kevin has mentioned that prayer in a few of our episodes. To make sure our podcast does not get forgotten like the Litany of Loretto, please feel free to like, rate, and subscribe to Catholic History Trek. This episode covering the Subtuum is the eighth episode in my series on the origin of Catholic prayers. If you like these, or even if you don't like these, Feel free to email us and let us know. I currently have plans to cover the origins of at least four more Catholic prayers. In these prayer episodes, I replace our typical ending prayer, the Glory Be, with the prayer covered in the episode. Subtuum Praesidium Confugimus Sancta Dei Genetrix Nostras De Precaciones Ne Despicias In Necessitatibus Sed A Periculis Cunctis Libra Nos Semper Virgo Gloriosa Et Benedicta Amen. Thank you for listening to Catholic History Trek. You can reach us at catholichistorytrek at gmail.com.